Ladies and gentlemen, would you please rise for the playing of the Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast. And here's your host, Jana, and her big brother, Jeff. Time to turn on the stadium lights for another episode of the Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast. No, we still haven't got a uh, date for Joe Madden. We haven't even heard a peep out of Joe. Crickets. Not even hearing crickets. That's how quiet it is. <laughs> it's true. Anyway, uh, but we still have what we've been doing for over 100 episodes now, and that's Talk Baseball. And uh, this week we're going to uh, to kind of start widening our baseball scope as we did last year. We're going to talk about uh, talk about some college ball. And of course, we'll do Dodgers, Angels, and around baseball. Why wait around? Unless you want to talk about the you know show you went to go see over the weekend. Mm, no, nah, I think I'd talk about baseball. It okay. was a fun show, but yeah, I uh, I went and saw John Wick. Ah. I think I'd rather talk about John Wick. (laughs) All right. We'll talk about baseball right now. Well, if you haven't been paying attention to college baseball, you're... um, You've missed out on almost the whole season. We're uh, like about a month left in the college season. The selection show for the regionals, the super regionals and the world series is at the end of May, the 29th of May. So we thought now's a good time to check in, get a pulse on uh, what's going on with the, uh, the college rankings, any news we happen to see, but for the most part, just kind of get an idea and start looking towards who's probably going to end up uh, at least in the playoffs, if not in Omaha. Yeah, the biggest thing I see right now with college baseball is the SEC seems to be tops. LSU, number one for the 12th week in a row. Yeah, uh, they've been on top of everything. It's crazy. And then you have Wake Forest, South Carolina, Florida, and Vanderbilt. And they've all been holding pretty steady up there but LSU they've always been a baseball powerhouse I totally see them they continue what they're doing to be in Omaha Arkansas Stanford Texas A&M UCLA I don't know these seem kind of same teams the same schools we hear about every year they must have good baseball programs. Must have. Good players, uh, good coaches. Yeah, something like that. I'm guessing. Uh, Duke jumped like 10 spots in the latest rankings. They were at 20, and now they're at 10. Yeah. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, from, from that, they are unbeaten in their last five ACC series. Not games, series, which includes wins at Boston College they swept Louisville. They got Virginia, and uh, and more. I mean, they've just been tearing it up, and they're a half a game ahead of Miami in the ACC. Can they hold on to it and make it into the uh, into the playoffs? We shall see. We shall. West Virginia is leading the Big Twelve by one and a half games. 
Uh, they also moved six spots to number 12 in the latest uh, Division One college rankings. Um, Oregon State, we always hear about that. There's lots of guys um, in the MLB playing right now in the majors that played at Oregon State. They're up seven spots. And um, then we have uh, Tennessee, another SEC team at 18. And uh, another team we don't always hear about, but that would be the Terrapins of the University of Maryland, and they're at number 23. And, you know, I was thinking that uh, they were an ACC team. Yeah, but they're not. No, they're in the Big Ten. (laughs) Well, and that's what's confusing is because there's been so much shuffling going on. We see it in college football. I think that's the, you know, obviously. So if uh, I guess if the football team moves, everyone moves. Yeah, I guess that <laughs> that's what happens. Right. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I guess we know. never think about that. You just hear, you know, oh, Oklahoma is going to be what in the SEC, SEC right? Going from the big, tw- uh, big 12, but you don't think about all the other sports and what the implications could be for you know baseball and basketball and things like that because it's always football is is king well we're gonna see too um because usc and ucla are leaving for uh the big 10 oh that's right yeah so so that'll everybody moving is that uh, does do all the sports move or do some stay and <laughs> yeah i would i think that the, everybody moves cuz you're in a conference the whole schools in the conference uh cal state fullerton now this is surprising this surprised me it made its season debut in the rankings at number 24 and cal state fullerton has always been a big baseball school uh justin turner went to uh cal state fullerton and they always seem to make it somehow, some way to Omaha. Well, it's, you know, they've been so many times. They just, they're like, you know, migratory birds. Yeah. They just go to a spot. That's all. They don't change every year. They just go to the same place. So they just know come June, we're supposed to be in Omaha. Let's go. The uh, the playoffs, like I said, selection shows is on the 29th of May. They'll get all squared away with who's going to play where, what, who, when. Regionals are uh, early June, super regionals mid-June, and June 16th is when everything fires up in Omaha, and the champion will be crowned by June 26th. That will be the end. And we'll see if, uh, I, ne- I didn't notice that uh, Ole Miss anywhere in there. Nope, I didn't see them. They're the reigning champs. They they won the 2022 College World Series in two games over Oklahoma. And then uh, Mississippi State was 2021's champ. Yeah. And they're not anywhere to be seen either. So will the nope. last month bring those guys in and will they make it? And if not, who will wear the crown for 2023 in college baseball? Yes, yeah, so we'll keep you updated on the uh, on college baseball. So uh, if you're not watching college baseball, you got to get out there, watch it. Um, you can watch it, I think, a lot of times on like ESPN. They'll have games. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's kind of fun. You'll see 
prospects. Uh, there's a lot of guys coming up um, that uh, are making their MLB debuts um, that were just, you know, not that far removed from playing college ball. College baseball, if you're not watching it, watch it. It's time for Dodger baseball. This last week, one of the best teams in baseball uh, played. No, it wasn't the Dodgers. The Dodgers played them. And then they did something in this last week that they hadn't done since the beginning of the season. And it seems like that was a long time ago now, but it was only the beginning of April. They did towards the beginning of April. And then again at the end of April. We'll talk about that coming up in just a second. But first, let's talk about the Dodgers and the Pirates. So you figure the Dodgers swept them, right? You would think. However, this is a very season. This is a very different Pirates team. This is new and improved Pirates team. A team that, if you were listening last week, I picked to go to the World Series. Yes, you did. And if you happen to see any of these games, or if you're seeing them play somebody else, you might start uh, drinking that Kool-Aid as well. So let's take a look at uh, what happened with uh, the Dodgers and the Pirates. Uh, started off okay in a three-game set. Uh, sent uh, the first game, uh, got the W8-7. to seven. Thor on the mound. Not a bad-looking the one thing I've noticed is he doesn't really strike anybody out anymore. No, he doesn't. He's just, he's not the same pitcher that he used to be. Yeah. In this game, the Dodgers did get the win. It was eight to seven, but you know, I mean, they had to rally to do it. They had, um, a five run deficit. Chris Taylor came up, hit a go ahead, three run home run. And in the eighth, and that's what helped the Dodgers. So, yeah, the Dodgers won, but barely. Just, they didn't really show. It, it could have easily gone the other way. Yeah. One, a, a different pitch uh, to CT3. Uh, that's a fly ball or a ground ball. And, you know, that game's over. And uh, the uh, Bucks potentially sweep this series because they go on and take the next two uh, game two of this series saw the return of the Catman. Yeah. Tony Gonsolin on the mound. Um, you know, he, it was okay. It was good to see him uh, back on the mound. Um, he had sprained his left ankle in spring training. They were keeping him at a pitch limit. So he, 65 pitches over three and a third scoreless innings. They said it was going to be, you know, maybe he would go four. Um, he did allow two hits and three walks and he struck out one. So he wasn't super. Ha- I think he was happy about being back on the mound, but he wasn't super happy about his performance. Cause one of the things that we saw last season with him was the walks 
And that's something that he has to work on. In this short time that he was on the mound, there were three walks. So he's really going to have to to work on that. He wasn't the one that ended up really losing the game as far no. as giving this stuff up. That would uh, that honor goes to Yancy Almonte. Oh, I know. And, you know, the night before he, you know, had a um, he had a scoreless seventh when he pitched. And then, you know, this time around, not so much. No, not at all. Freddie Freeman with the home run and then uh, game three, another L. Um, for the Pirates, we also saw the the finally the debut of longtime minor leaguer drew what how do you say his last name again maggi maggi yeah and that happened in game two of the series uh he made his uh, major league debut in the eighth inning he pinch hit for andrew mccutcheon he struck out um the thing was is that it was really it was really great to hear if you're watching the game they were chanting his name the whole crowd Stephen Nelson, who I feel is so much better as a Dodger play-by-play guy than he was on Apple TV and on MLB Network. I'm actually kind of growing to like him a little bit more. Um, The home plate umpire, his name was Jeff Nelson, and he gave Maggi a pitch clock violation. So he starts out 0-1, and Stephen Nelson really quickly was like, "Uh, I am not related to the umpire you know like that was just a not a cool move um but everybody was i wanted him to get a hit you know everybody wanted him to get a hit but we'll hear more about maggi in around baseball so uh at the exception of uh david peralta with two rbis and jason hayward with two hits um there really wasn't much going on for the Dodgers and uh, they dropped that uh, third one to limp out of Pittsburgh with one game out of three. So they didn't get swept, but yeah. Yeah, they didn't get swept. I mean, in the third game, Pittsburgh's pitcher, uh, say that like three times fast, uh, Mitch Keller struck out 10 um, in six innings. And yeah, Julio Urias, he's in the last three starts he has given up back-to-back home runs in each of those starts and uh it's just uh, it's just kind of weird you know like what what is going on he does well and then he gets to a certain point and then it's like he they figure something out i don't know but it's always a back-to-back home run against julio yeah what the <laughs> Yeah, it's just weird. He allowed six runs on seven hits. And, um, but, you know, the other thing that's interesting about this series, uh, they have a beautiful ballpark in Pittsburgh, but they're still averaging only 15,000 fans. And so, Pittsburgh, get out and support the Pirates. They're fun, they're exciting. You got young guys playing. You got Andrew McCutcheon, who's doing the pep talks, doing the, you know, we got this, the being the veteran presence, you know, go out and support the Pirates. I think they're waiting for it to all fall apart. Maybe, but why not enjoy it while it's happening? I concur. 
why not continue to support them even when it's, you know, not that great? It's a night right. at the ballpark, you know, or after you should invite us out. I think so. I think we could do a first pitch. That would be awesome. Right. We could uh, we could do a show from the uh, from the ballpark there and uh, throw out the first pitch. We're we're all for Pittsburgh. I mean, they don't uh, you know, we don't have to worry about the Dodgers not making the playoffs because of Pittsburgh. They may not stay in the playoffs because of Pittsburgh, but (laughs) that's that's a whole different story. But that's down the line. I think you got a team right now that is just, you know, they're fun to watch. Uh, They had this great story. Um, You know, they just gave their manager, I think, an extension. Mm -hmm. Get out and support them. Brian Reynolds, uh, you know, who's their superstar. Just gave him an extension or did a, you know, contract extension we talked about last week. So, yeah. So I just say, get out there and support the Pirates. If you are in Pittsburgh or in the surrounding uh, metropolitan area. Whatever that is. Whatever that is. I don't know. Allegheny region. (laughs) Yes, exactly. uh, Is what it is. But let's talk about the Dodgers who did something that was so exciting. It's like, oh, this is the, these are the Dodgers that I know and love. Right. And the last time that they did what they did to St. Louis was way back towards the beginning of the season with uh, Colorado. Right. We don't really remember that (laughs) because they only played a two game set versus Colorado. It didn't seem like the whole thing. But this time uh, without rookie sensation for at least a part of the month, uh, Jordan Walker, who we talked a lot about at the beginning as a potential rookie of the year candidate. He's already back down in AAA. Yeah, he started off he really fast and then he just kind of lost steam. So maybe he'll be back up, but he wasn't I, I not in think. L.A. <laughs> so um, great series for the Dodgers. They're back home uh, to take on the Cardinals. Now, the Cardinals have been having issues and aren't the Cardinals of last year, at least not at this point? Yeah, they aren't. They're a different team. It's, um, a to- a, yeah, a different team than what you're used to seeing. And Yadier Molina, not behind the home, not behind home plate. That's kind of weird, you know, because you always expect to see him. Right. He nope. was the he... captain of the of the team. First game out, Dustin May on the hill. Mookie has a leadoff home run. To add to his leadoff home run totals. Yeah. Uh, Max Muncie has a go-ahead double. Um, and I think, don't you have a stat about that? I do. Max <laughs> Muncie has many extra base hits on the season. But that is the first extra base hit that didn't go out of the ballpark. That was not a home run. That was his first non-home run extra base hit that's crazy yeah <laughs> and then some and then some yeah and the and i guess we can can we attribute this to dad power we know Betts was on the paternity list he joined the team back in chicago uh max muncie came back to the lineup in this game um after the birth of his son so you know maybe we can call it dad power at the plate um well at least for for one because 
Max had been having power. This is the first time he didn't get a ball out of the ballpark for an extra base hit. Yeah. Well, maybe he's a little tired. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but maybe. yeah, he that was a that was a weird stat to me that that was the very first extra base hit he had. I thought he'd had at least one or two doubles along the way. At least, but no. All home runs. All home that runs. One. Yeah. Um yeah, Dustin May, like you said, was on the mound, um, and he uh, had a rough first inning. He gave up two runs on three hits over five innings, did have four walks, five strikeouts. So that is something that we're seeing. You know, it's the walks with Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin. I know it was just his one, you know, back on the mound in, in Pittsburgh, and he's still limited either by pitch count or inning, but um, it's good to see Dustin May, you know, out on the mound again, um, because he's getting through, even though he had a rough first inning, he's, you know, resets himself and keeps going. And he's a three and one right now. Bullpen was scoreless until Vessia, and Vessia thought that the Cardinals needed a run, so he gave one up. Yeah, you know, he's the only one that's been, um, not I say the only one, but I think on a consistent basis where one night, you know, Yancey Almonte uh, Almonte looks really great, and then the next night, not so great. But Vessia, there's something off with him. And I know it's, I kind of just keep saying that every (laughs) every episode but it just seems that he's not the same fired up charged up guy that he he was before we need that energy back yeah we need the Uh, energy back yeah in this game though uh miguel vargas hit his first home run of the season he was one for four he had two rbis uh jason hayward two for two with a double freddie freeman was three for five with the double so, uh, yeah, good, uh, a good win for the Dodgers. The next night out was a little subdued, but most of that was because of a stellar outing from uh, the non-Don with 200-plus <laughs> wins for the Dodgers and That's right. uh, Kershaw. Yeah, and, you know, I think in this game, he was pulled in the seventh. I know he wanted to continue. I think he could have done a complete game, and I think he should have been able to. Mm-hmm. And Dave Roberts so uh, said no, but uh, yeah, it I was, mean, he he was he had a, a no hitter going. Yeah, and the Indians up giving up two hits. It was a jumbo jack game. We haven't really been keeping track of that. That's right, but that's important if you live in the yep. LA area. That's right. So uh, we had that and uh, a one nothing victory. Um, Austin Barnes singled, and uh, that drove in. Uh, James Altman. Yeah. Um, so, and that was the, the run. That was it. It was one to nothing. Thanks to cuz, uh, Bruce star Gratterall, man, he's just coming in, um, between him, Evan Phillips. I think Evan Phillips, who is back from paternity leave, Bruce star Gratterall, who is back from paternity leave. Um, those, the combination of those two, uh, has been really good since they've come back. And then of course, Shelby Miller, I mean, he didn't pitch in this game, but um, I, I'm starting to feel better about the bullpen. 
um, I, you know, before I felt like there was no direction. Not every, I mean, there's sometimes where I'm like, eh, I don't know. Is that the right guy? But uh, if Bruce Starr can keep doing what he's doing, Evan Phillips gets back to what he has been doing. And then with the addition of Shelby Miller, I think we're, yeah, I think we could be in good spot. Yeah, very, very much so. Um, and, and you know what? This is the thing. As we talked about before, when is when does too early become late? Well, I think we're still early enough that with the changes, you know, everybody's still getting settled in and yeah. figuring out their way. I would say, you know, as we get into May, if we're still having problems, then you got to start, you know, wondering and. Well, and I think, too, with the Dodgers, it's been interesting because we've seen a lot of guys in and out because of paternity leave. Um, So there hasn't been a solid, a core, I guess, team, right? They're all there. Uh, We had some call-ups. Oh, I failed to mention uh, Michael Bush was called up from Oklahoma City to uh, take over for Max Muncie while he was on uh, paternity leave. And, uh, you know, got his first hit and actually, you know, has been, um, has been good. He's, you know, played, played third and, um, you know, looks good at the plate, not too bad. So, you know, kind of makes you feel, you know, even if you get sent down, you're like, well, but if he has to be called back up, I wouldn't mind that. Dodgers, I I was going to say too, the Dodgers stole three bases in this game. Two by Freddie Freeman. Uh, Dodgers just haven't really been a running team. However, that is one thing in the Pittsburgh series that the Pirates took advantage of was the Dodgers not, you know, getting guys out. You know, they stole quite a few bases in that series. And so maybe after that, the Dodgers came back and were like, maybe we should start stealing bases. That might be a novel thought. Maybe. And, you know, it's funny you brought up uh, Freddie Freeman. I have noticed that Freddie, compared to last year, is a lot more animated. I've seen him um, when things are happening. He's excited. He's cheering. You know, I mean, it just when he gets on base, he's doing all the stuff and, and like involved in it. Last year, he did it, but it didn't always feel like he just doing it because it's like, well, this is I'm part of the team. Yeah, I felt like he was my fist together or whatever. Yeah, I felt like he was more of an observer last Uh year. Uh, Had to get through all of his emotions, and this year, uh, yeah, in the dugout, he's more animated. On the field, he's more animated. He just um, and making great plays at at first, and you know, and getting the hits when they need it or the walks or the stolen base. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think that's, uh, he's really becoming a more of a leader in the, in the clubhouse too. And then, uh, didn't bring it up earlier, but Will Smith back from concussion protocol and he's uh, right back behind the plate. Uh, I think he came in first game as a DH first game back. And then, He's been behind the plate uh, for the last couple of games there. So he's uh, he's back. So the team's kind of getting back together. We're seeing Mookie. It's short more often, um, which makes sense because I think I think they're probably going to let Miguel Rojas go before long. Yeah. You know, with him, he's been he just got off the I.L. Um, 
and he's you know he's back but this is like his second stint on the IL and in this short you know season so far that we've had Mm -hmm. um I know for right now it's going to be a platoon situation so it's going to be Miguel Rojas Mookie Betts or Chris Taylor at short and I say play Mookie at short every game. Um, he doesn't, you know, you got Jason Hayward can play right field or James, you can, you know, you've got guys that can play. You can move the outfield around. Um, they're not going to do it, but I think, uh, I think they should. Right. <laughs> Why not? You got Mookie bets. Come on. And that might, that might be helpful. I think a lot of the thing is, is they're worried about, Injury potential yeah, is greater at short than it is at right field. But if he's your best option, go with your best option. Right. Exactly. But, yeah, we'll see. But They sweep the Cardinals, and now uh, they are going to welcome in the Phillies uh, to start the week. And then, uh, and then they head south for their first meeting of the season with the Padres. The dregs, uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about the dregs coming up in around baseball and their series in Mexico City with San Francisco. Yeah, the Dodgers are, uh, you know, the return of Trey Turner. Um, and I'll we'll talk about him next week and uh, back to Dodger Stadium and Bryce Harper. Rumors that uh, this series is what helped him maybe start against the Dodgers. He circled it from what I understand. He circled it on his calendar and said, all right, I'm going to be ready by this series. He had Tommy John surgery in November. Usually you're out for a year. Obviously it's a little bit different. He's not a pitcher, but still, um, yeah, we'll see. And maybe playing at first base. Oh, wow. Yeah. They they were talking about maybe him coming in and going to uh, like around the all-star break was originally. And in his case, he could have hit. If you remember Shohei, when he had it, he didn't throw, but he did hit. Uh, So, but nope, they're doing that. So we'll, we'll be talking about that next week. Should it happen? Should it happen? Yeah. And then, uh, as you said, Dodgers heading down the five to San Diego for the first uh, three game series with Padres. And then they're going to head to Milwaukee for the start of a road trip. All right. Yeah. We'll talk about Milwaukee coming up here in the angel segment as well. Um, all right. Who is your player of the week this week? I went with Freddie Freeman. You know, he had the lone home run, a lone run in the Dodgers loss against Pittsburgh in that eight to one game, but he kept grinding. He was six for 16, uh, had a 375 batting average. He had, he had those two stolen bases. Um, you know, he, uh, he, he was, he was doing it all and defensively. Uh, he just is amazing. I mean, really, you know why he's a gold glover because, He's just awesome. I love seeing him in Dodger blue. Yeah, it's, and it's been fun to watch him so far this year, just with that, you know, not not that far away look in his eye. Like, I wonder what they're doing in Atlanta right now. Right. Um, he does make me laugh because I you'll see him in the dugout, and, uh, you know, the other guys are, 
yelling and, you know, and sometimes, you know, he does, he'll, he does different things, but he does, you see him more often than not do like a golf clap sometimes, which always makes me laugh. You know, it's like, oh, a golf clap for a home run. Funny. Well, he's, he's, uh, he's hilarious. That's cool. All right. My, uh, my player of the week, Jason Hayward. That was, he was my runner up. Those were the two guys that I was thinking of. And I went with Freddie. Freddie was on mine too. And really, when you look at it, Freddie played a lot more than Jason did, but Jason uh, hit 455 for the week. Uh, scored four runs, had two doubles, two RBIs, and walked three times, and uh, did it all right when the Dodgers needed it. Yeah, really. And he, it seemed like every time, especially when they were playing Chicago, he was hitting right to Cody Bellinger, hitting you know hard hit balls. And in this series, I think he toned it down a little bit, and you know, and not hitting as hard because then he can get you know, get the balls to drop and, and sometimes, um, go over the fence. Yeah, it's, uh, he was, he was right on it and, uh, he's been fun to watch and he's been a, a really, uh, a good pickup for the Dodgers. So we've been thinking the last few episodes that, uh, maybe we were right on the verge of going to the silver linings. Uh, segment instead of the angel segment so we can just pick up the best parts and then and this isn't always a guarantee but then the Oakland A's showed up and they're playing in true Oakland A fashion except in game one Uh, yeah and that game was a Zinnings game so it was indeed it was there was a lot of action happening in that game because it was 11-10 yep uh, once again, Jose Suarez, not a good outing through five innings, uh, gave up seven runs. Seven of those runs were off of five home runs that, uh, he gave up only struck out five. Uh, and then another guy that thought was, uh, going to be pretty good this year, but has been fallen to the side is Jaime Berea, uh, blown save in that game. Cause the angels did have a lead. Uh, Brandon Drury, all of a sudden, like Hunter Renfro, the week before, Brandon Drury has uh, picked it up. Two home runs in that game. Four RBIs went three for four. Uh, Chad Wallach, who's been in because uh, of both uh, Max Stassi being out and, of course, uh, Logan Ohapi, who may be done for the season. Um, So he's in there. He also contributed with a couple of RBIs. So did... uh, Tony Rendon. Uh, so it was, they did come back. They made it look better than what they had been doing, but it was against the A's. Yeah. If and they come back <laughs> against the Rays. Right. It would be much bigger impact. Yeah. This was the seventh blown save by the angels, which leads the majors. That's not a yeah. silver lining. But <laughs> a lot of negative stuff is uh, the angels are close to the top. Well, it's just, it seems like it, they're getting this pattern where they're up and they're playing well. Um, you know, they're getting these big hits. I think, was it Taylor Ward who um, had an amazing catch in, 
in this game where mm-hmm. he, um, you know, saved a it was like grand slam. Yes. And he, he made did. an amazing catch. And so it's not that they're not out there, you know, playing, making the plays, but they, it's, it's that bullpen that comes in. And, and then also, um, in this game in particular, like Luis Renjifo had a base running, you know, he tried, he had a sing- he tried to turn his single into a double. Um, and he, he was being a little, little overly aggressive. I yeah. Thought. And I think in that situation, I mean, there's times where he can do that, but maybe in this situation, you know, you, you had Mike Trout coming up, he gets out. So I don't know. I yeah, don't know. there's just little little things. It's the little things. Well, yeah, and I I think we got a little bit to kind of throw out there uh, once we get to uh, once we talk about uh, you know the the week and the games. Um, the Oakland A's had uh, big week uh, or big series from uh, Brent Rooker, who all of a sudden got on fire. We'll talk a little bit about him coming up. Uh, game two saw Griffin Canning back on the hill, just gave up three runs on four hits and seven strikeouts. Uh, once again, Brandon Drury, two for four, two RBIs. Mike Trout, two for four and a run scored. And uh, Gio Urshela, who I'm still I'm still convinced he was the best pickup out there uh, having a good game. They walk away with a uh, with a win in game two, five to three. In game three, they really shook everything loose. And uh, Shohei, Renfro, and Drury all with home runs. They had a five-run second inning, and they'd go on to 11-3 win. Shohei had three RBIs. Matt Dice with two doubles. Drury with three RBIs. And Patrick Sandoval really had a great night pitching. Yeah, and he's the only Angel starter other than... Uh, Otani to last seven innings in a game this season. And then we saw Chase Silseth, who made his debut last year, come in. Uh, there were some questions about what he was going to do. They've been using him in the uh, the bullpen, and uh, he came in and uh, put up some zeros, struck out two, and walked two. That's one thing I keep noticing is um, there's not, other than Shohei, the walks are a little out of control uh, with the rest of the pitchers. Their their strikeout to walk ratio is almost even. They really like you mentioned with the Dodgers. They really need to to get away with the, from that. Uh, finally, getaway day. It was a four game series, so that was an afternoon game. This one also could have gone the other way. It was eight to seven. Was the final and. The bottom of the third, the Angels score five. You're like, all right, that's a good thing. And then the top of the fourth, the A's scored five. <laughs> yeah, and that was, I mean, Shohei gets another win, but yeah, he gave up those five runs. Um, but but well, the first three innings, he set them down, nine up, nine down. Yeah, yeah, but he also tripled, doubled, and singled. Almost. And was real close to the cycle. But was robbed. And, uh, you know, and the whole thing is he gave up those runs. He still stayed in the game and threw six um, and uh, struck out eight. He gave up the two home runs. Uh, he only gave up three hits, but uh, five runs 
And, uh, yeah, and he gave up as many runs in the fourth as he has yielded in his previous 60 innings combined, which is just crazy. Um, he did, you know, recover. He threw six innings, three hit ball, um, and uh, fastballs that were topping out at least twice at 100 miles per hour. Uh, the A's got uh, a couple of home runs that uh, Shohei gave up. Once again, Brent Rooker. Yeah, we'll talk about him and around baseball. And Shane Langellis, <laughs> the catcher, also having one. So they, uh, the Angels packed up their stuff and headed to Milwaukee. Yeah, their first visit to Milwaukee since 2016. And it's the first time that Shohei played in Milwaukee. Yeah. And uh, people were excited to see that. Actually, game one was against their alter ego. The Angels were playing Mike. Their that's their city connects the Brew Crew with that's the right. MKE yeah. on their hats. For forgot the, uh, about that. Yeah, so they played Mike in Game <laughs> One, and uh, Tyler Anderson on the hill actually didn't look too bad. He looked yeah. better than he has. Six and two thirds gave him five hits, only one run, struck out seven. Uh, so yeah, a much I mean, better outing. Much better because he had given up 16 earned runs over 14 innings in his three previous starts, which is not at all what I think anybody expected from him when he signed with the angels, not after the year that he had with the Dodgers. Willie Adamas uh, hit a home run for the, uh, the brewers and uh, Wade Miley. See a lot of probably what happened there uh, was that the brewers just have better pitching. Wade Miley being one of them, they will, they did have to, the Angels did have to uh, face a couple of their uh, past teammates in Elvis Paguero and then uh, Milner, uh, both pitching there. Um, And they took care of both of them. Game two was interesting because there were some tweets about what um, Trout and Shohei did. And somebody's like, well, you know, there they go again, just single, you know, the individual achievement is like, and I think they missed the point of, of the tweet because they lose seven to five. Mike Trout hits two home runs, has five RBIs, all five RBIs that day. Mike Trout contributed. Shohei was three for five with two doubles and they lost. And I think the point of the tweet, as I read it was, even though those two guys combined and provided all this offense and that they still lost mm-hmm. what's wrong with this team yeah and well and this game too the it was uh mike trout's first multi-homer game of the season it was number 25 for his career the night before in game one trout and shohei only uh were they combined to be two for eight and so this next night here they come and they still lose, but there was some interesting stuff going on on the Brewers' side with uh, Willie Adamas and uh, at the plate. Yeah, he uh, he's up to bat and uh, calls timeout. The umpire does not grant him timeout. The pitch is questionable as to whether it's a strike or not, but the umpire calls it a strike. And then while he's discussing it with the umpire, the umpire calls him for a pitch clock violation. So now there's two strikes and he gets in 
Adamas ends up swinging at, uh, kind of waving at one and strikes out, but he turns around to have some words with the umpire before he leaves and he gets tossed. He gets tossed. Craig Council gets tossed. Craig Council <laughs> comes out to talk about and, you know, find out what's going on. And yeah, like I said, he gets tossed. And honestly, when I watched it over and over again, that really looked like an umpire just wanting to be in charge. Yeah. His name is Adam. His name's Adam Beck. So uh, watch out for, for him. If you see him at the ballpark. Unless he's in the stands, watch out for him. Cause it's all (laughs) about him. Apparently. Yeah. Um, And the thing about it is Willie Adamas had to be restrained by his teammates. I mean, it wasn't just, Oh, here, you're out of here and he walks off the field like he was really mad as it kept going i think the umpire really kept poking at him and from yeah. what i read from um you know from some posts by milwaukee fans and some other people's like he must have really said something to get willie um that fired up because willie's a pretty low-key guy is what yeah. everybody said I'd yeah, never that, noticed him otherwise, but you know, I don't watch that. I've not watched enough Milwaukee or when he was in Tampa. Um, right. That's true. But I mean, but you know, the few times I think you kind of get a sense that, you know, he's, he's out there playing shortstop and he doesn't seem to be the type of guy that would get that, you know, fired up about something, but yeah, Adam Beck, he's got a and, problem. And of course, um, the Angels should have been happy with what they did get. Um, they did. Uh, they did have to face Corbin Burns. Yeah, that's and, tough. And really, he only gave up one run over six innings. The home runs that Trout hit came after, between Corbin Burns and Devin Williams. He hit him in between because they not only had to do it, they had to deal with one of the best closers in the game in Devin Williams. Yeah, and they dealt with him in the first two games. And then finally, in the last game, oh, by the way, in game two, Zach Neto hit by a pitch again. Again. Seven times. Seven times. (laughs) It's great. He has the new MLB record. Uh Uh-huh. He has uh, been hit by a pitch more times than anyone else in his first, what, you know, 15, 16 games of his career in the in the majors so we go to uh the final game of the set the uh the sunday matchup the the angels walk away with a three nothing win not much to talk about shohei and lamb uh jake lamb both with home runs uh i stand corrected there was a little something to talk about it was jose suarez who after so many bad outings threw a two hitter over five innings uh gave up no runs Struck out six, only walked three. So it really is a turnaround. If he can continue to do that, then don't have to really hold our breath every time he starts. Yeah, that's true. And we got to mention Shohei's home run, his seventh home run of the season. Uh, It had a hang time of almost seven seconds. Wow. And uh, 413, uh, you know, foot home run but is just up there and you think seven seconds but it's a baseball 
<laughs> and the and the Brewers, you know, the outfielder, that all they could do was just watch it because right. nobody was getting that. Nobody was getting that ball. Nope, not at all. So the Angels, um, they come away with uh, with another split week. They end April with a winning record, fifteen and fourteen uh, over the uh, over the month. So you know nothing that's too bad at this point. Yeah, it's just there's it doesn't feel like they're the team. You know, there's other teams that we've seen that didn't start off real well, and now they're picking it up. They don't seem like a team that's going any place else. They're a 500 team is what it feels like. Yeah, uh, at this point, yeah. I mean, I think there's going to have to be some. It always comes down, I think, for the Angels to pitching. Right. Uh, and now got to have the pitching to be more than a 500. Another thing that has to happen is some changes in how things are dealt with we've been talking about this especially with um perry manassian and uh, there was a tweet recently that uh saw from beyond the halo at beyond the halo on twitter and they were um talking about another podcast they're a podcast and this other uh, one called uh locked on angels you can find them at locked on angels that they're citing sources that Artie, Artie Marino uh, told uh, Perry Manassian that uh, he needs to let Nevin do his job after Phil Nevin was given a playbook on pitcher usage and base running. Now, if you remember, within the, in the, the few episodes we've had, we mentioned all that. We hadn't heard that about Artie Marino on that because what we had heard and from, you know, what we'd seen, Artie Marino had just kind of stayed out of the way. But it looks like, and not that Phil Nevin is going to do any better without interference, but I do think it's only fair to him that if he ends up getting fired because the Angels don't play well, that it be his fault and not for following the directions he was given. Let him hang himself. Don't hang him. Don't give him all the things and and then order him to hang himself. So that'll be an interesting um, to see how that continues to play out. I think uh, one of them, depending on how it plays out, Manassian or Nevin or both are gone Nevin, Nevin, maybe before the end of the season, if they're if they don't play well, Manassian by the end of the season. Yeah, definitely, there has to be a change. I think uh, Perry Manassian, he has he has just shown that he. I think when he came in, um, he didn't. He was he didn't really have a lot of experience. He'd never been, you know, he was never been a general manager, and I wonder. Um, I really like Ted Lasso. Well, if you watch that show, mm-hmm. does he style himself after Nathan? You know, the Wonder Kid. Um, Maybe, yeah. I, uh, that, would be a, that would be a, a good comp. Yeah, I just, I just wonder. You know, is is he going to show up with? Uh, I mean, he could white, have kind the of white silver hair. Hair. 
I haven't seen any of this season, but I have seen that from, you know, how it was. Right. Well, in the, the second. So, yeah. So I just wonder, you know, in his head, does he think that he's much more and he's got this and, you know, and I did see some comments on that uh, from that tweet, you know, um, oh, Phil Nevin complaining to the owner. Well, maybe that's what needs to happen because he, you know, general managers don't belong in the in the dugout. They don't belong in the clubhouse. You don't have a locker. This is not your gym. You know, this is you need to do stay in your lane. And he is like everywhere. It's interesting because they said not using the chain of command, but when your chain of command has your issue, you're not going to stay in there. Yeah. At that point, then he goes to the president of baseball operations, but in that case, and who's to say that it wasn't, uh, Phil Nevin run across Artie somewhere at angel stadium and are, Hey, how's it going? And Phil, he just, Bills out just he's like I can't take it anymore right or maybe somebody kind of gave put a bug in Artie's ear and Phil didn't say anything and somebody said hey this guy's got the um you know he's given this book I don't know anyway uh, that's going to be another part of this that we really have to continue to watch uh, but as we stand right now the Angels are playing around 500 they don't seem to be better than a 500 team. Changes that were made over the um, over the off season, uh, you know, have, bringing in Hunter Renfro, uh, Gio Urshela, and uh, and um, Brandon Drury seem to all be paying off. Uh, yeah, you know, like there's still things that got to settle in. Um, you know, it seems like uh, Anthony Rendon's starting to participate a little bit more, and it's not, it's, it's kind of quiet. I think that, you know, there's some other things like um, Jared Walsh, I think, is, is probably not going to come back till late in the year, if, if at all, just based on the fact that he's got some other weird issues that aren't the normal, uh, you know, issues that you get when you're in. With that, the uh, the Angels uh, leave Milwaukee, took a trip down to Mississippi, and uh, made a stop into Bush Stadium, where they've uh, they got three games with the Cardinals before they head home to do uh, a couple of Texas teams. They got uh, Texas to end up the week, so we'll talk about that one then. And then uh, the next week, we'll talk about their first series with Houston. So their first series with Texas in general, back to back. Yeah. So that should be a good one. We'll see. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, Texas, right now, Texas is the team to worry about. Uh, we'll see if that remains to be seen, you know, true. Uh, and then, uh, and then Houston right now is kind of playing in that same, the Angels, it's Houston and then the Angels and then the Mariners, who we thought were going to be running away with it by now. Uh, Nope. So yeah, maybe uh, it's those city connects. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. San Diego seemed to be doing okay with their city connects. Yeah. Um, 
comparison. Uh, all right. Uh, how about a player of the week? I had to go with Brandon Drury. I think that was a no-brainer this week. Uh, 10 for 27, four home runs, 12 RBIs, 370 batting average. This is a guy who was hitting like 179 um, and has just, you know, exploded this week. If he can keep it up, that'll be great for the Angels. Oh, yeah. Uh, I also went with Brandon Drury because who else? Yeah. <laughs> that was it. No, nobody else. And you gave all the stats. It was just, you know, four home runs in that time frame, 10 hits. He just wasn't. He was not going to be stopped. And uh, so definitely the Angels uh, look good uh, because of him. Well, we uh, went down to the gym and got a bunch of guys who were working out to get them to push the uh, bullpen cart around baseball. Thanks, guys. We appreciate that. We appreciate your efforts there. And as always, we start this segment off. Normally, we started off with uh, not only the players of the week, but because it's the first episode of a new month, we also talk about the players of the month. Except for it seems like somebody at MLB forgot to either pick them <laughs> or, or post them. Yeah, I think they didn't pick them, they didn't post them, or they didn't do both. Yeah, I think they didn't do both. But before we uh, we get to that, I do want to mention that former Pirate shortstop Dick Grote died at the age of 92 on Thursday, last Thursday, last week. Um, A Pittsburgh area native, he was the National League MVP in 1960. He helped guide the Pirates to a World Series championship with a league-high 325 batting average. He won a second World Series with the St. Louis Cardinals in 1964. He was a two-sport star. Grote is one of 13 athletes to have played in both the MLB and the NBA. Yeah, he... uh played his college basketball in uh, at Duke and then was uh, selected by the Fort Wayne Pistons and he played for them uh, in the 52-53 season and then baseball it was now let's take a look at the players of the week yeah our AL player of the week the name we heard in the uh, Angels segment Brent Rooker of the Oakland A's Uh, 10 hits, 8 runs, 5 home runs, 11 RBIs in 7 games. And then the National League Player of the Week, Nick Zenzel of the Cincinnati Reds. 8 runs, 10 hits, 2 home runs, 9 RBIs, and a 476 batting average in 6 games. And he looks pretty good in that Viking helmet. Yeah, it seems to fit him. Yes, indeed. And, you know, uh... Did you see that the twins have, they put on like a fishing vest and have like a fishing pole in the dugout when they hit home no, runs? No, I hadn't seen theirs yet. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the uh, their stadium. They're calling it the uh, land of uh, 10,000 rakes, something okay. like that. <laughs> All right. I got you. That's kind of funny. You yeah. know, I just realized something just to go back to the players of the week, but the A's and the Reds played each other. And 
those two guys took yeah. advantage of playing the other weak team and uh, got themselves player of the week honors. Yeah, look at that. They had a strategy. All right. Let's talk about, uh, uh, before we get into some of the other things, let's talk about uh, Drew Maggi um, real briefly. Uh, shows up, had never been in the uh, in the majors. We talked about him last week that he was he was coming up, comes up against the Dodgers. Uh, didn't really get to play. Once he finally got in, you know, no hits or anything like that. But eventually, he does get a hit. Yeah, he got his first major league hit and RBI in uh, Saturday's uh, Pir- Saturday's game, where the Pirates um, beat the Nationals sixteen to one, and that was in the game two of their doubleheader sweep. Um, so yeah, he hit an extra base hit, um, a double in the ninth inning. Uh, you know, a decade in the making for this guy. Actually, more than a decade. Right. And, uh, and, uh, he is, uh, been sent back down. So he is right now, he's got a pretty good looking stat line two for six for a three thirty three batting average, uh, over his, uh, three games that, uh, he played in scored one run, drove in a, uh, a run and, uh, has an OPS plus of one twenty five. Ooh, look at that. So he's looking he's looking pretty good. Uh, we'll see if he ever gets back up again, if at all. He's taking it all in strides like, hey, it was cool to finally get to go play. If I get this, if I never get back, I at least have this. Yeah. And it was um, really cool to see the fans get behind him. His teammates were excited. I think the other team was happy for him. It was like everybody was happy for him. Uh, so really cool story this uh first month of baseball yeah there's been some uh, some good stuff um in fact uh let's talk about uh the series between uh san francisco and san diego yeah this is a big league baseball in mexico city and it was for the very first time, and they had a weekend series, Saturday, Sunday. Um, cool thing with MLB, uh, they did have, you know, baseball clinics with the kids um, in Mexico. They, you know, did a lot of um, a lot of different things within, you know, in the community. Uh, and then, you know, had some time to explore also before they hit the field. And uh, Lucha Libre. Uh, star Ray Mysterio uh, gave the Padres a sombrero, which became the home run sombrero, I believe. I saw some of the players wearing that. So actually, I fact check you. <laughs> he gave mask. Oh, that's right. The mask. What was I thinking of? Fernando yeah, right. Tatis Jr. When he they had their time to explore. He got, he bought the, some, I guess, bought the sombrero and, uh, that may become, you know, the new home run celebration for the Padres. They're not going to have that big hubcap that they keep in the briefcase. Maybe they'll do both. I don't know, but uh, yeah, you got to put the hubcap <laughs> on first. 
and then the sombrero. That would be, they'd get called for, uh, you know, delay of game or something right. like that. Right. Well, apparently that uh, sombrero worked. And I, I do remember I mixed up my stuff. But yeah. yeah, they got the mask and everything. Um, they might want to go with that because there were a lot of home runs in in uh, that first game. It was sixteen to eleven. The uh, the Dregs win it, but uh, was it eleven home runs between the two teams? Eleven which, home runs, yeah. With two shy of the record that right. was set by the the Diamondbacks and the Phillies. Uh, yet yeah, ten players hit home runs, which is in the major league mark that was set in that same game that I just talked about. That was in 2019 with the D backs and the Phillies, um, Manny Machado, two home runs and an altitude of 7,300 feet. Didn't hurt. No, that didn't at all. (laughs) The first six players in the, uh, in the lineup all had a home run with, like you said, Manny having two. Juan Soto even got in the act uh, to try to bolster up his 188 batting average. Um, and he had one. So Fernando Tatis Jr., home run, two for Manny, one for Juan. Xander Bogarts, homers on his fourth different country. Wow. Um, he's, he, uh, you know, so the U.S., Mexico, yeah. London. That's so right. England. Yeah, that's right. And then uh, what was the last one? I got to remember here. The last one was, oh, and duh, Canada. Oh, yeah, Canada. He, duh. He <laughs> in, in Toronto, no doubt. He was a member of the Red Sox all that time. He played a lot of games <laughs> he at did. Rogers City. Now, in this so, first game, uh, I don't want to mention, I think it would be cool. So I don't like the uh, City Connects that san diego has and then they wore those and the um luce libre mask were in those colors so what i think would be really cool is i think they wear them every friday night when they play at home but they have to have the mask on when they play okay i like that 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 sounds fun yeah. Otherwise, I think they should go. But what I wanted is, is how come they wore those in Mexico City? I don't know. What did they think they were? Uh, it makes no sense. That's anyway. Uh, yeah. So great, uh, great series, um, especially for that, uh, you know, first game. And then uh, the second game, uh, the the Dregs end up beating uh, the Padre. I mean, the Dregs end up beating the Giants six to four. So a little more, a little less crazy, a little more standard game. The uh, the Giants like they had a few home runs. The uh, Austin Nola he got his home run in that second game for them. And then uh, uh, Lamont Wade Jr., J.D. Davis, and Mitch Haniger uh, all. Um, and Mitch Haniger really has become the the spark for the Giants. Uh, you know, he kind of flamed out and didn't uh, didn't live up to expectations in Seattle, but he seems to be um, seems to be doing well there. And we talk about Seattle. Um, uh, Jared Kalinick, Kalinick, um, they thought he was out, ready going to drop him or trade him away. And he's the only reason the Mariners have really won anything. Lots, 
of, uh, you know, players that, uh, especially in the West, you know, there was a, there was a day when every team in the West won a game. Wow. And, uh, you know, I think at one point too, I was looking at, there were two of the divisions. Everybody had a winning record, one in the American league, one in the national league. And now I can't remember who they were. I meant to write it down. Ah, That's late plans. But speaking of Seattle. Yes. We got to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I mean, these jerseys, they're City Connect jerseys, two years, two years in the making. And they that's what they came up with. I mean, it's like another dud. It's so disappointing because the City Connects were exciting. Like, oh, this. And I don't think that there's been any City Connect. Do you think of one that's really, you know, you were like, wow, you know, that is that is just awesome. Nope. Not a no. single one of them has, have I had that reaction to. No, There's none. some that I'm, I'm okay with compared to others, but no. Yeah. Not even so, the Dodgers. Yeah. The Dodgers is very tame, you know, it's like, eh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, let's get into this, uh, this review. Let me tell you about these jerseys, the colors of Amarillo, Rush Blue, and Sundown capture the essence of the Mariners' inaugural colors. But they also um, honor the original MLB team in Seattle, the Pilots. And uh, they uh, departed after one season in 1969, and they became the... Twins. The Brewers. (laughs) <laughs> I thought you were going to say the mics. The, no, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, that's what I should have done. I don't know why. All of a sudden, the only thing that was in my head was twins, and I knew it wasn't the twins. <laughs> Seattle is stitched across the chest of the jersey, which uh, with the lettering. This is what gets me, is um, evoking the style of the pilots. Well, a black drop shadow, um, paying homage to a similar one used by Is the night 19- homage or homage oh, a home homage probably homage homage i don't know where i got that <laughs> homage that sounds more like a breakfast we're having homage for breakfast That's with right. our scrapple our homage and scrapple <laughs> save room and i bet they eat scrapple in pittsburgh so i wouldn't be surprised yeah i know they do in lancaster uh, homage, yes, to a similar one used because everybody remembers this, um, that black drop shadow that the 1955 Pacific Coast League champion Rainiers used because you remember their uniforms. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The infusion of black on the pants is a nod to the primary color of the uniforms of the 1940s Seattle Steelheads. Them I remember. The Rainiers. Yeah. I... The Mariners recognized uh, with a, uh, they recognized the Seattle Steelheads with a separate uniform each year, which is probably better than the uniform the, the city connects. Uh, within the patch on the jersey, Mount Rainier, uh, Rainier is front and center. And then they have uh, PNW is in sundown gold to signify the energy 
and exuberance of the region's great outdoors, the Pacific Northwest. Uh, the leaf embellishments, which were also on the pilot's cap, are incorporated to uh, honor the region's maritime and aviation industries. And then on the bottom front of the jersey, above the jock tag, it reads the phrase, my oh my, to Hall of Fame broadcaster uh, Dave Nias. Yeah. So, all right. Now that we're not done. Because stitched inside the jersey collar, because all fans will see that, is the phrase Soto Moho as a celebration of the neighborhood that the Mariners always have called home. And then within that stitching, there are two tridents pointing skyward, forming the W's. The first W is for Washington. The second W is for Winds, which is the big blue W that they light up at T-Mobile Park, and then the cap, which probably is the best part of the uniform, it has the trident, and it has a blue crown um, and a black visor, and did you know that this is the first time this color combination has been used for an on-field cap in Seattle baseball history? Now I do. <laughs> it's so... What was easy. the other? Was it, what is it? there like a WI... <laughs> T on there somewhere. Uh, what is this? Um, I don't Maybe know. It was WTF? I don't know, but there was something <laughs> on there. I think it might be WTF. <laughs> this, I just these. Whoever writes these, you know, like it evokes the imagination or the the a summer night. Of looking at the mountains, or I don't know, paddle of looking boarding. at Mount Rainier and remembering yeah. the good old days of the Rainiers and the Stillheads. <laughs> yeah, actually, the only good old days that Seattle ever had was when Junior was there. Yeah, that's pretty. That's true. Um, yeah, not not happening with these City Connects, and so I think. I think I may be right on this one. I was wrong last time. I said I thought Cincinnati was coming out. I think Cincinnati will be next. And I really want chili spaghetti somewhere represented on that jersey. That would be awesome. And not a whole big long conversation or or a, no. a dissertation about it. Yeah. And then um, it looks like. Rangers are digging their city connects because they're still winning. Still winning. They winning. Are still, <laughs> they are still winning. Although one of the members, now we talked about Corey Seeger. He's on the wheel and a teammate of his is joining him. So we'll talk about that. Why don't we just do it right now as we put a spin on the wheel? Oh, I am. All right, so Rockies pitcher Hermaine Marquez will undergo uh, Tommy John surgery and is out for the season. So, I mean, for the Rockies, it's bad for Marquez. He is a, you know, he's been a good pitcher for them, but does it really matter? Uh, probably not. Uh, Brave starting pitcher Ian Anderson um, underwent Tommy John surgery last week. Uh, I, I can't believe that the lead singer and flutist, flautist, 
of Jethro Tall is a pitcher in the major league is in major league baseball. Who knew? You know, that's going to that will that will probably hurt. Um, you know, he's going to have to not play the the flute during his recovery. Probably not. Because of the position. Yeah, the that, arm I was thinking maybe position. he could hire somebody to just hold the flute. <laughs> maybe. Probably could. I don't know. Uh, Astros, Luis Garcia is on the 15 day IL. He suffered a right elbow injury. He is going to be having an MRI to see if there's any further damage. And then, uh, joining him on the, uh, 15 day IL is Jose Urquidy, um, who had, uh, shoulder inflammation. So, or who has shoulder inflammation after MRI, and so, uh, yeah, for the Astros, two pitchers down. And then uh, Jose Quijada and Austin Warren are both on the 15-day IL with elbow soreness and inflammation. Uh, Brandon Woodruff is on the 15-day IL with shoulder inflammation. They're hoping, the Brewers are hoping he'll be back by the end of June. Kenta Maeda is on the 15-day IL with strained triceps. Aaron Judge is on the 10-day IL with a strained hip. So There was a lot of conversation about whether that was going to happen or not, too. Yeah, well, there he is. And uh, I think uh, Giancarlo is still, you know. Yeah, he's always on there. Yeah. Do you know, I heard something the other day that um, based off of, he's been paid over $4 million just to be on the IL. Yeah. I, I believe it. I believe it. Um, J.D. Martinez of the Dodgers is on the 10-day IL with lower back soreness. Brandon Crawford is on the 10-day IL with a strained calf. Mike Yastrzemski has a strained hamstring is on, and is on the IL. And last but not least, Jacob deGrom is on the 15-day IL with elbow inflammation. Uh-oh. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. What See, song that's can what we you were talking write? about? <laughs> uh oh, you're on the wheel. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh, your elbow's inflamed. Uh oh, you're to blame. Uh oh, you're, you're throwing all wrong. Uh oh, that's all I got of this song. Uh oh. <laughs> hey, that's pretty good. I don't know. You know, he has spent a lot of time. I mean, he's a good pitcher, but he has spent so much time of his career on the IL. Um, not just the 15, I mean, you know, 15 days, then it extends to 60. You just yeah. wonder if there's something that could be done to keep him from, from being there. I, I, I mean, I don't know how much more careful you can be. Look what's happened with Steven Strasburg of the Nationals. They were careful with him from day one. And he spent more time on the IL than DeGrom has. He's still on the IL. Huh? <laughs> is he, isn't he? Is he still on the IL? Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm saying, though. From the very beginning of his career, the Nationals were very, the kid gloves. Mm-hmm. Very delicate with him. They 
they limited what he could pitch. One time they shut him down. They were getting ready to go to the playoffs and they shut him down. Didn't they shut him down in like 2019? Yeah. Before the playoffs, he didn't even get to play in the playoffs because they just shut him down for the year. So I, you know, DeGrom's not been quite that bad, but it's like, where do you go to try to fix it? How do you throw, you know, what, and what is the difference now compared to, I mean, the different, I know the, the difference for a lot of guys was Tommy John surgery either wasn't available or it was a bigger thing. Now it's like getting your teeth cleaned, you know, it's a normal, you know, uh, easy uh, you know, maybe not easy, but it's it's more common. Yeah, um, Strasburg actually was the um, World Series MVP. How do we forget that? Was he really? Yeah, because you just forget that he ever plays. Yeah, you don't even know. Maybe it was the year before that they they um, stopped him, but he didn't he didn't pitch in then uh, the uh, in the playoffs the one year because they shut him down and like mid-September yeah and he I don't yeah he just has been I mean he was a guy that was just you know crazy um you know striking out everybody he was you know named the tops major league rookie all-star team um you know he was on the cover of uh, Sports Illustrated and but it he was has... all off of a small sample size because mm-hmm. they were just, they brought him up and then they just really, really, you know, I mean, they practically put him in bubble wrap. Yeah. You know, when he wasn't. And yet he still has had a lot of injuries every year. Yeah. Um, I think the last, so after the 2019 season, he has been, he has started every season on the IL. I'm not surprised. So, you know, that's, but that's why I wonder, what do you do with, um, uh, you know, with DeGrom, you just spent all this money on him. Do you, you know, what do you do? How do you, how do you get there from here? Yeah. I don't, I, I mean, his last two starts, he's left early, um, in, April, the April 17th game against the Royals, he left early because of right um, wrist soreness. And then in this next, you know, then he starts again and he leaves because of elbow inflammation. He says, oh, I left the game because it was precautionary measure. But the Rangers are like, no, you (laughs) you're on the IL. Right. He probably not. He's not going to be back until, um, you know sometime in may if that so we'll have to see but yeah what do you do how do you handle him do you have to limit his innings work him up you shouldn't not for the money that they paid for him but definitely at this point he's a bust yeah i think i think so too but like i said what what you gonna do Our website, siblingrivalrybb.com, is updated. We do have our walk-up songs. And uh, I'll post those. We'll post those um, on our social media. You can tell us what you think about them. Uh, different ones. Uh, mine is more a sentimental choice. I 
heard it on the radio and the radio. Uh, made me Whoa. think of my think of our dad who uh, liked the song so uh, I went with that one so and uh, yours might be kind of a sentimental choice too <laughs> <laughs> yes indeed so check out our website go to the fanatics link Mother's Day is coming up there's some uh Mother's Day hats that are, uh, you know, for the different teams that are more, you know, kind of have flowers. There's a LA one on there that's, uh, that looks pretty cool. Um, and of course, there's, uh, you know, there's always some clearance items on there, uh, free shipping on uh, orders over $99, uh, first responders and military 15% off on Fanatic. So get your gear, Dodger, Angels, whatever, whatever you like. Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, City Connect. If that's your thing, uh, get that, uh, you know, whatever. But click on that on our website and then uh, check us out on Twitter. Sibling Rivalry BB without the A. Yeah. And Instagram and Facebook at Sibling Rivalry BB with the A. And uh, yeah, we'll. You know, I was thinking that maybe we should do, maybe we should have some kind of home run celebration thing. Hmm. Interesting. What What, would bring it out? What would we bring it out for? I don't know. Um, Definitely when we ride in the cart. I don't know. One of us could wear it. Yeah. um, Yeah, I don't know. You know, something. Every time we get a listen, we one of us wears it. We're never going to wear it. <laughs> I don't know. We have to think about it. But what could we wear? What would be ours? Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to put that. If you have any suggestions, hit us up on any of those uh, locations on our, uh, on our social media. And then media. if you have any connection, you know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy's cousin... Who knows Joe Madden? You know, put in a good word for us. Yeah, that would be good. We would be happy with that. So that'll do it. We're wrapping it up. We're putting the tarp on the field. Until next time. Of course, we're going to talk Dodgers. We're going to talk Angels next week. Who knows? Maybe something spectacular will happen. And honestly, it will. Because there's always something spectacular happening when you're watching baseball. So until then, thank you for uh, hanging out with us and uh, letting us talk baseball and put uh, put that in your ear. Uh, don't forget to swing away. Yeah.